I feel that LinkedIn is often a missed opportunity with podcasters because people are controlling their own accounts and you know who they are, you know, name, position, city, past things that they've done, you know, authors are on there. Everyone is on there. So that's a great uh, means to reach out and find some really cool guests. Hey, babe, welcome to the Sales and Social Podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. And I'm so freaking excited today to have my friend Simon on the show. And it's actually funny because he was actually in one of my masterminds and we actually called him the babe. So welcome, babes, to the show. And Simon, tell my audience who you are and what you do. Well, Jill, really excited to be here. Um, I've been waiting for this conversation for some time, so glad that we got it on the calendar. Um, and, and yeah, I'm not too sure how I feel about being called babes. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll start off, um, I'll address my accent first because people always ask. So my name's Simon Osimo. Um, I guess an entrepreneur, that's generally what other people call you, but I'm originally from a town west of London. Um, I've lived in the US for 11 years now, um, became a US citizen in April of this year. So I guess technically I'm a British American and yeah, there's, there's different things about what I do. Jen. I guess I, I call myself a former British detective turned entrepreneur, but I now dabble in property, podcasting, coaching, consulting courses, and I'm an Amazon bestselling author. So lots happened in that 11 years since I uh, moved from England to America for sure. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, you guys, he has an incredible podcast. Again, a best-selling author. He does so many things with community. So we're actually going to dive right into community because I talk so much about this on the podcast. I would love your take, especially from a man in this space. Why is the power of community so important? And what have you done to really cultivate a community online? Well, well, I'll tell you, my honest opinion, Joe, and I know you'll say the same, is your community is everything. And actually, I received an email from a guy uh, I believe it was someone on the West Coast. And he said, did your latest book become a bestseller? And I said, yes, it did with the support of my, my community. And so much so, I spoke at a conference in Dallas in October. Uh, and I only have a small um, Facebook group, a little, little bit smaller than yours. I think we've got about 750 people in there. And I sent a message to my group saying, hey, I'm in Dallas for like two days talking about this conference. Is anyone around to meet for like a coffee? And all these guys are saying, yes, 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 I, I'm around. And a guy ended up driving 60 miles to Dallas to meet me for a coffee and ended up taking me to the airport. And I was like, wow, that is like the power of community. So I think community is everything. And uh, very similar to you, I mean, I have a small Facebook group. It's around 750 people in it. 
I'm very particular as to who joins. I've got like set questions, uh, qualifying questions, to make sure I don't just uh, let anyone into the group. So it's grown most probably slower than other Facebook groups, but I'm getting the right people in there. And really for me, I do do a little bit of selling in there, but if I'm totally honest, my Facebook group for me is my research. Um, you know, I when I released my uh, second book, I sent a draft out to some of the guys within the group and said, hey, can you give feedback? And they, they gave all the feedback and I incorporated that into uh, one of my best-selling books. If there's something, some things my podcast, I put that in there and say, hey, you know, what do you think about these? And they'll say yes or no. So um, having that, community where people really feel like they're connected with you and you're communicating with them. I get messages all the time in, in Facebook where people say, Simon, how do, how do you do this? How do you stay connected? And I think most often it's because for me, the end goal is yes, is to sell, to, to build, you know, build a business and, and sell to customers. But it's so much easier if you've got that connection when you say, hey, Jill, do you mind sharing this with your network? Do you mind posting this in another Facebook group? Uh, do you mind sharing my book release and stuff? So yeah, I, I personally believe everything is about building your own community and i i mean i'm a christian but i always joke to friends to say i'm god in my group you know mm -hmm. i really am i really yeah. am and um in a respectful way being a, being a man of faith but that's, that's what you need to cultivate yeah it's absolutely so true i actually just talked about this earlier on a coaching call too and so many people think that like oh well they have a facebook group so they have a community or they have a following on instagram so they have a community and you guys that is not having a community a community is really about a group of people exactly what simon just said they can connect to you there is a sense of identity around it it's you know it doesn't need to be tens of thousands of people but it is literally exactly what he just said there's a connection point to you you are seen as like the authority and they will do exactly what he said they'll meet you for coffee they'll drive you to the airport i mean i have have had people in my own community been like, I'm coming to Michigan next week. Like, let's grab coffee or, Hey, I know you're driving to see your daughter in Myrtle beach. Like I only live an hour away. Like let's grab coffee. Like I just saw my daughter last week in Myrtle beach and somebody saw in my stories that I was in Charleston and they were like, Oh my gosh, I only live like an hour from there. I'd love to come up and meet you. Like that is community very different than just putting thousands of tens of people inside of a Facebook group. Yeah, and exactly. And the, the same guy that drove 70 miles, whatever it was, to collect me in Texas and take me to the airport to coffee. Yeah, collect me. Every now and again, <laughs> there's a few British terms in here for your audience. Um, but yeah, he messaged me last night. So one of my businesses, Security Consultants, I help organizations stay safe and secure. And when I do a, a physical risk assessment of, say, a school or large building, that's like a $10,000, $20,000 ticket item for me. And that same guy texted me or um, sent me an email last night and said, Simon, I've got a referral for you to, go, to potentially go and work of this school so for me just building that relationship with someone you know developing it further by meeting that person for coffee he's potentially given me a 10 15 20 000 customer and that that didn't come out of anything more than just building that relationship with with my audience and my, and my following and i think the the key is and you're very good at this jill as well is making sure it's a true relationship an authentic relationship Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, so, so many times people say to me, like, you know, how do you sell so much in the DMs? Or how do you sell so much through your Facebook group? And it's exactly what Simon just said. I'm never trying to sell. I'm literally just building authentic, real relationships, genuine, real relationships, just like Simon was doing with the guy in the taxi who was collecting them, right? And then you never know where it's going to be. And this is the thing about community. Once you have community, there is such a retention rate, but then there is such a referral rate. 
that actually happens. Every single day, people are tagging me like, oh, you should go see Jillian Murphy for sales. Or if you need someone for help for this, because I've built a community. So now you have a community of people that are actually selling for you, which is also key, of course, when you're trying to grow a business. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's another way to look at community as well. So like me and you both have Facebook groups where we sort of nurture relationships and leads. But I would also say, you know, again, my mailing list it is quite small compared to some. There's maybe four or 5,000 names on my mailing list. Um, but, you know, my virtual assistant controls a lot of that type of stuff day to day. But but it's still set in my tone. It's still like I'm addressing that person. You know, I, I for me, when I do lead magnets, it's always important to try and get the person's name so you can direct the message to them. Uh, even within my mailing list I would still say I'm building community there because I'm just telling people what I'm doing like I'm telling anyone that'll listen right now I'm going to back to England for the holiday season so I'm going to be out of action for a couple of weeks I'm telling my my network how I'm going to be out of play for a couple of weeks because I'm going to England and people are okay you know where are you going what are you going to do when you're there so even within my mailing list, I really encourage people there's there's ways to build that community or build that connection through by not just talking through a company lens, but talking through a lens of you as to what's going on in your life. What, what are you doing? What, what are you up to? And let them feel like they're seeing, you know, the sort of the Wizard of Oz. They're seeing the wizard behind the screen, right? Mm-hmm. That's what people like to like to see. Yeah, I, I love that too. And I love that you said too, like, it's not just about like the Facebook group. I actually learned this from Lindsay Schwartz, who you guys know, I reference a lot. I love Lindsay Schwartz and everything that she stands for, but like community is not about the container. So I don't just have community because it's in a Facebook group. I don't just have a community because it's a podcast. I have a community because of the feeling that people get when they follow me or the vibe or the magnetism or the buzz, right? So it's like, we don't just have community because it's a Facebook group. It goes so much deeper beyond that. So I love that. So also, Simon, I know that you have a podcast and you have like blown it out of the water with podcasting. I would love for my audience to know, like, what are some of the tips and tricks when it comes to podcasting and why is podcasting so important when you're growing a business? So my podcast is called Who I Became. And as a former detective, I used to see people at at the sort of a bad stage in their life generally. Um, And I've always been fascinated with how people became who they became. So most often... We see the backstory, but we don't appreciate the person's journey. So that's why the podcast is called Who I Became. So I dive into how they became, who they became. And we've got to get you on, Jill. I know you oh my gosh, please. I would love to. to. Yeah. But again, the, the podcasting is a great theme. So I've had people that I've coached through podcasting. So I don't advertise business coaching, mindset or strategy or anything like that. But people listen. They Again, they get that connection with you and they reach out and say, hey, I've got this problem. Can, can you help? And I had a guy, I think it was in New Zealand, reached out one time and he was telling me that he was going through a tough time in his marriage and he talked to me and offered some advice. And I was like, Who, who's this guy? Is he one? <laughs> but it was like, because he listened to me, you know, he had this strong connection. So he reached out and I said, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was talking to this guy about marital advice, which was very, very bizarre. Um, <laughs> but, but, but again, you know, it's that connection that you've got to make with, with your audience and, uh, you know, I've been um, privileged and odd, odd enough to interview people like Carol Baskin from the Tiger King. People Isn't like, she like the Tiger yeah. King girl? Yeah, she's yeah, people like, how do you do that? I mean, I interviewed a guy called Joe Foster, who's the founder of Reebok. He's an 83-year-old billionaire. He sold Reebok for, I think it was £2.6 billion in 2006, like $3 billion. And I had like an hour and a half on the, on the sort of a Zoom call with him recording that podcast. And any time you get a chance to talk to a billionaire who's like 83 years old, the amount of knowledge that he was dropping, you know, I, I couldn't write notes quick enough. 
But it's just, again, it's just all through the, the, the connection. Even when I nurture those relationships to get those guests, it's never about what I want for you. It's like, okay, I've heard you on this podcast. What resonated me, with me was when you said this. You draw them in, you then get a conversation, and then you then say, hey, I have a podcast. Would you give me the honor of coming on and being a guest? And most often people say yes. So again, you know, to sum up your first part, yeah, the, the podcasting for me has just been a great platform to communicate uh, and network with, with people. Uh, and I think my biggest tip around podcasting, I think, is the use of LinkedIn. Um, oh, I do, I'd love to talk uh, about this. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do a lot of nurturing in LinkedIn. And here's what I found because LinkedIn is a professional network. So when you join LinkedIn, you know, people are going to pitch you because it's business. And what I found is that most often, um, whether it's a celebrity, a senior leader in an organization, they are running their um, LinkedIn account themselves. So if you go to someone's Facebook, you know, we use our friend like Chris Harder as an example, or mm-hmm. like their Instagram, more than likely there's a social media manager doing that just because of the nature of it. Yeah. But because LinkedIn is a bit personal, because LinkedIn is business, what I found is most often the person has it on their phone and it's them. I mean, I interviewed, there's two African-Americans in NASCAR, um, Bubba Wallace, and the second one is called Jesse Wuji. I reached out to Jesse Wuji via LinkedIn and he responded himself. You know, so much so when I asked him to come on, he gave me his agent's name and number. I called his agent, he didn't respond. I went back to Jesse, he said, message my agent, CC me in, let's get it sorted. I was like, wow, this was, you know, so, so those long conversations, so I, I feel that, LinkedIn is often a missed opportunity with podcasters because people are controlling their own accounts and you know who they are, you know, name, position, city, past things that they've done, you know, authors are on there. Everyone is on there. So that's a great uh, means to reach out and find some really cool guests. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I never actually, you know, I was on actually over 300 podcasts in the last 18 months and I actually have never utilized LinkedIn so I'm actually getting like free coaching right now by you on this podcast because yeah. I actually had no idea like the power of LinkedIn for podcasting. Yeah. And actually one of the things that I'm doing, so another um, uh, another sort of pillar, if you like, of my sort of um, businesses is going to be moving into podcast editing. So my I offshore um, and outsource most of the work within my business and my um, podcast editor is based in the Philippines. Uh, he was having issues working with people in the Western world because everyone's like, you're in Philippines and so they're like pushing him down. I said, well, hey, let's go into business and offer podcast editing services. And I started to run Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I am. I ran some keyword searches of podcasters in Minneapolis or in Minnesota and then started connecting with them. And I scheduled like 15, 20 discovery calls just to learn about other podcasters' businesses where I want to start going to them and say, hey, who's editing your podcasts? So, and the only reason I could do that is because they put within their title in LinkedIn, hey, I'm a podcaster and I'm in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I can reach out and say, hey, Jill, I'm a podcaster like you, love what you do. Do you have 10, 15 minutes to jump on a call and connect? So yeah, I, I can't talk enough about how powerful LinkedIn is. That's brilliant. And the other thing that I actually love that you said was that even though you are a podcaster, you are actually outsourcing that. And I think that there's so many people who are listening to this podcast right now who are, you know, new entrepreneurs, they're scaling to their first six figures, maybe multiple six figures, and they are so deathly afraid of outsourcing. What has outsourcing actually done for you and your business? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, 
I was thinking about this earlier. You know, I mean, my my virtual assistant is in the Philippines. <laughs> um, I do property investing, um, uh, a whole property. I have a property manager. My podcast is outsourced. Uh, my lead generation for my business is outsourced. Mm-hmm. Um, I write for an online publication that goes to like 30,000 emails every week. I have a ghost writer that does that. I give them mm-hmm. audio files. They write the article. I tweak, I adjust, and that goes out. So what that allows me to do, um, what other people say about me is, Simon, hey, you can build rapport with people very quickly. Uh, it doesn't matter who you're talking to, Simon, you build rapport and you can communicate. So by outsourcing, it's allowed me to free time. I can focus on what people say to me is my area of giftedness, which is within communication yeah. and sort of collaboration, building rapport. And then I can then work out, well, how do I get a Carol Baskin on my podcast to, mm-hmm. to instantly give credibility? How do I get to a billionaire who can come on my podcast to give credibility? How do I get to like one or two African-Americans in NASCAR to build credibility? It's because I have the time and focus on the strategy and allow other people to do those day-to-day tasks. Well, yes, I still like to get involved in them, but but I don't need to be because it's not growing my business forward. We have a tendency, particularly very early on in our journeys, to, to focus on, well, I have to do everything. Well, well no, you, you, you can be the strategy. You can be the sort of a, the kingpin that pulls everything together, but you've got to draw in skills and abilities of others. I mean, my, my team are way cleverer, Jill, than what I'll ever be. Um, mm-hmm. But it's my, my my gift in is drawing the best out of them to help my business grow, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Oh, it's so spot on. I mean, I say this all the time, you guys. I, I've said this on coaching calls. I've said it on coffee chats. I've said it on networking things. My main role in my business is to show up on Zoom and coach people because that's my zone of genius. My other main thing is to get on my Instagram stories and be me, be magnetic and to create really powerful content. Other than that, I'm not very good anymore, right? I'm not good at onboarding clients. I'm not good at collecting money. I'm not good at any of those other things. So why would I spend time doing those things and having these energetic leaks in my business when what I want to be doing are the things that actually draw people into me. And nobody else can do those things, right? Nobody else yeah. can go on my stories and be me. Nobody else can coach my clients and nobody else can lead gen for me. That's something that I personally do myself because that's me, right? So it's like, if there is something right now in your business that you do so well, you want to literally double down, triple down, quadruple down on that because that's what's, what's going to bring you in revenue and more cash into your business because that's your zone of genius. Yes. And going back to what you said, the sort of second half of your question about podcasting as to uh, what tips would I give other people? I think the first one is LinkedIn. And then the second one that I see, and like I said, and I coach podcasters around this, is that sometimes people make the mistake, Jill, of not really having a clear idea as to who they're talking to. Yes. Or, or they're not necessarily having it directly to their business. So I'll talk to you about a second podcast that I've got, which is called Church Security Made Simple. So what I'm most known for, most nationally known for, is being a security expert. Mm-hmm. And I'm 17 episodes in, and I've just clinched a client for $27,000. And I said to him, I would sign the contract, I said, out of, out of interest, I've never asked you, how did you find me? And he said, Simon, I listened to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm only 17 episodes in, and I've just clinched a $27,000 dollar client well how did i do that well that podcast is very very niche church security made simple it's for church security leaders about how to improve their safety and security so i think it's really really important 
when people have a podcast to and they say, well, yeah, but I'm just doing this because it's interesting. I don't really know where it's going to go. You've got to be very, very specific so you can get to the right people um, because it's then going to draw them in. So I think it's, I don't know if that's a tip. That's most probably something that I see is that some people aren't niche enough because you only need one or two clients. You know, you, you, you can't cast your net too wide. Yeah, it, I love that because I mean, you guys, so often people slide into my DMs and, you know, maybe this is you listening to the podcast right now and you're like, oh, wow, Jillian, I love your podcast and I'd really love to be on it. And like, no offense, like you're a stay at home mom of four. Like, yeah. I would, lo- I love you and I support you and I'm really glad that you listen to my podcast. But like, that's not who my audience wants to hear. I love your story, but like, I am a sales and business podcast, right? So I'm very specific who I bring onto my podcast. I'm very specific of the message that I'm giving out every single week because I'm drawing in a certain person. If I was just like, hey guys, every week I'm just going to come on here and just like talk about my dog and then podcasting and then sales and then business and then my relationship and then like, what pisses me off in the coaching industry, people would not find me and hire me because they would have no idea what I'm actually an expert in and I would not gain any traction and I would have no SEO on me. Yes. Yes. And one of the things as well, what I I mean, being an author gives you this as well. This is one of the things that I found is, you know, when I go and talk to clients, the first thing they say to me is, hey, what's your address? I want to send you a book. And I send them one of my books. And here's the reason why I do that. It's exactly the same with podcasting is that it gives you positioning. What are you known for? And it builds your authority. And so in relation to people within the sort of podcast world that most probably aren't niche enough, I often say to them, what is the area that you want to be authoritative in and then focused on there? Because if it's just too wide, you know, you can't be known as that authority figure. So being a self-published author and being a podcaster, it gives you positioning to be known for something and you can really build your authority. Hey, I am the authority in this country when it comes to church security. How did I do that? It's around positioning and sort of um, building building authority. So good. So good. So for my listeners that are listening to this podcast right now, what do you have going on? Tell them where they can find you. Tell them all the things. Yeah. So I mean, the, the, I was thinking before, Jill, what, what's some of the best things I can give your audience? And it's around how to leverage becoming a self-published author to, for me, privileged to become an Amazon bestseller, which is going to give you positioning, authority, marketing, and income, and then and around podcasting. So it's just my name, which is Simon Osmo or Simon at simonosmo.com is my email. I'll just go to simonosmo.com. Jill, you need to put that in the show notes because it's not an easy name for people to, <laughs> yeah. um, to, to We definitely will for sure. Yeah, so really sharing my strategies and knowledge around podcasting and sharing my knowledge and strategies about how to um, author, how to to publish, to really build that positioning authority. Um, I use all my books, their their marketing material, hand them to people, um, and and they um, sort of expand my authority and it draws my customers in. So those are the best two pillars that I have that could um, help and support your audience. That is so good. You guys, we will put all of the information in the show notes. Simon, I am so grateful that you were here. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but I'm so excited to actually meet you in real life next week. So we are actually going to have coffee and I get to meet you in real life and give you a great big hug. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here today, my friend. It was absolutely incredible. Thank you, Jill. I'll see you soon. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.